So we're, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts today. And I think something that really stuck out to me as important about, or like significant about spiritual gifts, is it's something that's super unique to the church. There's no, there's no other organization or group that you find spiritual gifts in, right? Uh, and we'll unpack that as we, 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 we go about, but this is um, we, we've been doing this series on the Holy Spirit for, uh, gosh, I wanted to say it's the last like two months or so. Um, but this is, this is a, a characteristic and, and evidence, um, a product of the Holy Spirit that is really important to not only us as Christians or people um, who are looking at the church and seeing how it works, um, but it's also important to us and our understanding of who God is. And, and that's what I want to focus on, too. I, I think sometimes when we talk about spiritual gifts, we can think of, like, oh, like, what, what am I good at? Like, what are my skills? What are my abilities? And all that kind of stuff. And, and I think that's good for us to consider and think about what we're skilled and talented at. But I think even more so, um, I want us to see how spiritual gifts point us back to God. Um, and specifically, uh, we're going uh, to look at four things. One, we're going to look at what are spiritual gifts. But then we're going to look at um, how spiritual gifts reflect God's character um, God's family, the church, and uh, God's kingdom. Um, so those are the kind of the, the four things we're going to check out today. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's just jump in. Um, we're going to start off in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. Uh, so here we go. Uh, so this is Paul speaking to the Corinthian church. Um, and, and they, sorry, just before we start reading, a little background, that's important. Um, so the, if you read Corinthians, there's a bunch of like, and Paul, you know, was re, or he's not saying, it doesn't say, and Paul responded to this. Um, but Paul says now regarding or, um, you know, to answer this question. And, and so what, he, what, what he's doing is there's a bunch of things that the Corinthian church was wondering about. And, you know, like there's a whole bunch of different topics. Um, but one of them is about spiritual gifts. There were a, a church that was trying to work out like there's all this stuff happening and we, we need some guidance and what spiritual gifts are. Um, so in terms of like an applicable text to us trying to understand spiritual gifts, um, and that's, I mean, that's my heart for, for you guys, for, for me too, is that we would understand more about what our spiritual gifts are um, so that in turn we can not only, uh, you know, activate those and, and live in them uh, better um, and, and, and more well. I don't think that's correct English, but that's okay. Um, but also that, that we would find more glory and uh, more beauty in God, right? Um, so that, that's, that's my, my hope today. Um, and uh, so, yeah, with that, let's, uh, let's, let's jump into 1 Corinthians. Uh, so chapter 12, verse 1. So it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I don't want you to be uninformed. Uh, you know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the Spirit... Um, or is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the workings of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. 
to another, various kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Um, so I'm not, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time focusing on those specific gifts and talking about necessarily like the gift of administration or leadership or knowledge. Um, and so uh, I want to read, there's this, this section in the NLT, um, it's the latter half of that verse, um, but the language kind of elaborates on some of those gifts. So I want to read that just so we might have a little better working knowledge of some of those gifts, and then we'll jump into um, de- defining spiritual gifts. So here's 7 through, um, through the end of uh, that section, through 11 in the NLT. So it says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophecy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another Spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages. While another is, and let me find the end of that verse in my notes. Oh gosh, there we go. Uh, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. I'm going to rearrange these just so I don't have to do that again. All right, it's the beauty of having paper notes. Next time, I'm probably going to go iPad, but that's okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. Um, so uh, so, so for, before we talk about spiritual gifts, let, I, I always like to define terms. This will be kind of like a common language. We know what we're talking about. So, um, so let's start out with just defining, like, what are spiritual gifts? Um, and I think this is a good, um, a good definition. Uh, So it says, a spiritual gift is essentially an act of the Holy Spirit, a concrete manifestation in word or deed of God's grace through an individual for the benefit of others and to glorify God. So so there's a couple factors there that I think are important to think about. One, it's an act of the Holy Spirit, right? Act of the third person in the Trinity. Um, The second is that it's a manifestation of God's grace through an individual, through you and me. Um, Fourth, for the benefit of others. And fifth, for God's glory. Um, so you can kind of see there's, there's a bunch of different elements. Like when we're talking about spiritual gifts, it's not just like, hey, cool, I got something, a talent. I get, but it's, there's a lot of things going on in this whole idea of spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit's acting. God's grace is being manifested. Um, it's happening through people who, are, who call Jesus Christ their Lord. Um, and it's blessing other people. And it's also giving glory to God. So that's, those are the elements that we're going to talk about today. Um, and, and so I want to, I want to talk about another thing too, because I'm sure there's probably somebody in this room that's thinking, okay, spiritual gifts, like, do you have to be saved, like, to have, you know, be good at something or something like that? And, and so I think there's a good thing for us to think about the distinction between what we would call common grace and what we call special grace. Um, so everyone's gifted, right? Like, like everyone in this room is good at something. Um, I may, it may be like, I know how to operate my cable real well. Or it might be like, hey, I can play basketball. Or it might be like, um, I can beat you in Scrabble. Or it might be like, I can, I don't know, um, play 
drums really well or something like that. Um, everyone's got a skill that they've been given, um, right? You, you are all invested in some way. And, and what we would call that in the church is that's an evidence of common grace. Um, uh, we'll talk about God's creator in a sec, but, but God's created. Um, we, we believe that God's created every single person in this room, you and me, and, and he's made us in a specific way um, and given us specific ability. Um, so, so common grace is, is extended to everybody. And so if you, if you can acknowledge one thing in your life that, that you're like, oh, I'm actually okay at that, I'm pretty good, um, that's an evidence of God working in your life. So how does that, how does that uh, relate to spiritual gifts? So when we talk about spiritual gifts or specific special grace, um, that's when giftings really take a, a turn and, and become really focused in on, on the church, right? Um, and, and it really comes back to that, that first element is that um, spiritual gifts are the Holy Spirit acting through a person. And, and the only way that the Holy Spirit, um, I think the Holy Spirit can, can use our actions, right? For somebody who doesn't know the Lord, um, you know, if you, if you bought somebody a cup of coffee, like we, we would say that's probably an act of grace to that person, right? But, um, but the, the Holy Spirit is not residing in you. Um, and, and we know that happens um, as we give our life to Jesus, as we trust him as our Lord and Savior, right? Uh, and so for, for the church, uh, specific grace, special grace, spiritual gifts, is the Holy Spirit empowering you and me to use the gifts and talents that he's given us for the good of our church, for the people around us, and to bring glory to God, right? Um, and so that's the difference between maybe just general abilities and what spiritual gifts are, right? Um, so let's go to the, the next slide. Um, so, so this list right here, um, there's, there's a few, uh, sections of scripture in the New Testament, um, Corinthians, um, or Romans, Corinthians, Ephesians, first Peter that talk about spiritual gifts. And this is, uh, a list of all the, the gifts that are, are contained in scripture. Um, and, and it's interesting. So, so when Paul's writing this, um, he, he's by no means saying that this is an exhaustive list, right? Um, what, he, what he's actually saying is that these are, these are gifts that I see evident in the church. Like, these are things that I see people practicing, um, but it's not meant to be, like, an exhaustive list. Um, so if, if you're like, oh, gosh, I'm looking at this, and there's nothing on there that I see is good, it doesn't mean it's okay. You don't, it's not <laughs> that you got left out in spiritual gifts. Um, but what Paul's really saying is that uh, these are some giftings that are really instrumental in cultivating the church. They're not exhaustive, but here's some of the main kind of um, pillars and points. Um, another thing I want to talk about, too, is if you're looking up there and you get down to uh, miracles um, and uh, what else? Healing. You might be like, okay, what is this? This is starting to get into a little kind of more of the, the weird side of things where you know, we've heard about people um, maybe being raised from the dead or demons being cast out or, or people who are, you know, have cancer being healed or something like that. Um, and and, what, and I, I don't want to necessarily say that these are, are supernatural spiritual gifts because if we think about it, like the Holy Spirit's investment in, in all of us to work through us, like that's a supernatural event, right? Like the Holy Spirit in us as Christians moving through us to... to, to, to um, to harness our gifts for the common good and for God's glory. Um, but I think these uh, giftings specifically, yeah, like casting out demons, miracles, healing, those are the ones that, like, defy natural law. And, and I want to talk about a couple of things, too, because uh, I think this is, this, I, I think this is going to help us understand. Um, so if you're, if you're a Christian, you're like, I don't know how I, how I sit on 
like or healings or miracles or, or you know casting out demons or demonic spirits and all that kind of, you're like what do I I don't know what to do with that um, and and I get that like those are those are things that it's not like you walk into Trader Joe's and you're just like oh healing aisle five you know like that's that's not that's not what we see all the time um, these are specific moments that the Holy Spirit works through somebody to bring about something that is truly miraculous right. Um, and, uh, gosh, there, there's a, a dude, uh, Amos Melbourne. He used to, he was, he was on our junior high staff and I saw a, a post, uh, I think it was this past week. He was like, we were praying for somebody and they got healed. Amos is not, you know, like he's, he's a smart guy. Um, and, and, there, and I, I don't want to say you have to be smart to be credible because that's not, but the point is, is that, um, this is still happening, right? This is still happening. That's the Holy Spirit working through, um, through Amos um, and the people that were praying for this guy to heal him, right? Um, and if you think about it, if you're a Christian, the basis of our faith is that we believe in a God who came to earth in the form of a man who died, was brought back to life, and then ascended into heaven. Objectively, that's some pretty like, reality-defying stuff, right? Like, would you, would you guys agree with that? So to think that God, as, as the creator, as, as the, the one who, who set all things in motion, that he could do those things through you and me, that's not a big jump if we actually think about it. Um, and if you're here and you're not a Christian, and you're looking at these things like, that's kind of weird, and, like, I don't know, just that trips me out, and I don't know if that's part of, you know, being a Christian, then that's weird. Um, I, I, th- I think one thing I would say is that if you think about um, uh, what the Christian worldview is, is that uh, we believe that God created everything. He created gravity. He created natural order. He created people. Um, he keeps everything sustained um, and working. Uh, we believe that, that like God spoke and there was light. Like, that happened. Um, and, and, so, uh, and we also believe that God can tweak the natural order. He can, he can do things that might seem unnatural to us um, because he's not only that powerful, but he's that good. Um, so that's just a, a, a perspective of um, the Christian worldview. If, if, if you understand that, then you can see how uh, our, our faith that God could work miracles and healing um, uh, through people, um, it's not that much of a jump. Um, so those are a couple of things I wanted to talk about. Uh, okay, so so let, let's 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 start moving into how do spiritual gifts reflect God's character? Because I think this is a really beautiful part of us getting to know more about what our spiritual gifts are. Um, so I want to talk about uh, spiritual gifts as they depict um, three aspects of God's character. Again, this is not God's uh, whole character, but I think these are really cool um, uh, um, characteristics of of God that we find through our study and our understanding of spiritual gifts. Um, so the first one is Savior. Um, and it's uh, that our, our spiritual gifts are a product of Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension. Uh, and they're also part of God's redemptive plan. Um, so, so let me unpack that for a sec. So if you look at uh, theology of the Holy Spirit and you check out the Old Testament, you find that God's Spirit kind of like you know, like grabs people. Like he he invests in you know people here and people here, people here, um, or a person here, a person here, a person here. Um, I, I think Saul, the the David's predecessor in First Samuel, is like a good example where you know the Holy Spirit, um, God's Spirit is is over him, and then and then um, God actually chooses to remove His Spirit from 
uh, from Saul, and he anoints David, his spirit is upon David. Um, so we find kind of uh, this, this sort of selective investment of, of God's spirit. But this is, this is the craziest part about the New Testament and the gospel, is that one of the effects of Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension is that the Holy Spirit is actually unleashed into the world uh, to take up residence, not specifically, but in, in all those who call Jesus Christ their Savior, right? Um, and if we think about spiritual gifts as being empowered by the Spirit, uh, the only way that the, the Spirit actually resides in you and me uh, is through faith in Jesus' death and, and resurrection. So it points us right back to the significance of Jesus being our Savior, right? Uh, of God's Savior. Um, and, uh, and uh, I, gosh, I forgot to mention this last um, uh, last service, but I think this is a really good illustration. So part of God's redemptive plan, what, what does that mean? Um, okay, so check this out. Uh, how, how many people are familiar with Saul's, uh, like, conversion transition to Paul? Raise your hand if you've heard that story before. Okay, so this will probably be, some details will be familiar to you, but check this out. So who is Saul? He was like, Super smart, super talented, super influential, um, super gifted, right? He was a young guy, but he was like, um, I mean, and actually, he was, he was the person that was mentioned, like, overseeing the death of Stephen, right? So this guy has a lot of clout. He's a young dude, super talented. And, and what is he doing? He's leveraging all that he has to kill Christians, like, he's literally using years and years of study under rabbis and, and influence and power and practice Super principled. He's using all that to leverage against the church. And what does God do? Knocks him off a horse. Speaks into his life. He says, Paul, this, this is Jesus. Like, stop persecuting my church. And the Holy Spirit takes up residence of Paul and changes his life. And, and that's where we can rejoice in this text because God saved Paul and, and chose to work through him. And this is what I mean by, um, uh, by spiritual gifts are part of God's redemptive plan, is that he takes what we once used for death and destruction, and he, he, he shifts it by the power of his Holy Spirit to start working towards things that actually bring life and blessing and wholeness. And, and he begins to work his grace and redemption through, through, through our gifts, right? Through the skills and the things that God's invested in, in you and I. Um, so it's just a beautiful part about our spiritual gifts. So, so, um, uh, so yeah, spiritual gifts um, really point us to uh, God as Savior. So let's talk about Creator Father. Um, so uh, um, we, we were talking about this uh, in youth group on Wednesday. Um, but this is like, this is one of the most beautiful claims that the Bible makes, is that you and I, everybody in this room, everybody on the planet, every person, every being, is created in God's image. It's created in God's image. Um, I asked the, uh, uh, the the youth group to do this. I don't know if anybody did. I guess I can ask you guys later. They're over there. Um, but uh, I, just how many people like people watching? You can be honest. It's okay. Yeah, I do. You know, it's interesting. Um, but just go to your your regular people watching location, and 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 start identifying people. And be like, okay, they're created in the image of God. They're created in the image of God. That person's created in the image of God. Remind yourself of that. Because honestly, I I don't know if we remind ourselves of that often enough. um, Because if you think about it, there's no other 
belief system context um, reality that gives people more dignity and value and care than God saying, I'm investing my image in you. Think about that. Think about that. And, and this is the beauty of God as creator is because, you know, back to common grace and then to special grace, he, he's, he's created us all for a purpose, right? He's created us all with giftings. He's, um, I mean, everybody woke up this morning and took a breath, right? Like we, I, I don't, it's funny repeating things from first service, but I think it's a good point. Um, <laughs> we, we didn't pay an air bill, right? Like, like you didn't, you know, swipe your credit card to pay for your air, right? That's, that's, that's a common grace that everybody takes part of if you're alive. You, t- you, you took part in that. Right now you are. Um, and, and that is just, just evidence of, uh, you know, if we think about our, our giftings, like God's, God's built all of us for, for, for being talented, for having ability, for being able to do things. And that's evidence of him being a great creator. I mean, just think about, like, the, the artistry and the, the creativity that goes into, I mean, you look around, we're like, we, we all look different, right? We've all got, like, different features, personalities, all that kind of stuff. The diversity we find in humanity, especially in giftings, translates to, wow, like, God's amazing creator. He's an amazing creator. Um, and let's talk about God as Father. Um, in uh, Luke uh, 11, 13, Jesus is talking about, um, I'm going to paraphrase this, uh, try to get it, um, but he talks about like who, you know, if his son asks him for a fish, is going to give him a stone. And, you know, you who, you fathers who are, are evil, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more is your heavenly father going to give you the Holy Spirit, right? Um, and and I, I think that the fact that we are gifted at all how good is our Father? How, how, how loving and, and amazing is God that he's given you and me um, abilities, right? That, that all that is evidence of, of God's greatness and his, his love and him just being a great and, and gracious Father. Um, uh, so, so let's talk about the, uh, the last one here, teacher counselor. Um, so it's interesting. The, the, two, the two, year, two, two years, the two words, that are, are used in, uh, in Corinthians for spiritual gifts. Um, one's talking about the, uh, the manifestation of the Spirit, and then um, you know, we have spiritual gifts all throughout that, that passage, but if you look at the Greek, it talks about uh, one word Paul uses is the manifestation of the Spirit, and the other one is actually the manifestation of grace. Um, and, uh, and kind of going back to Paul as an example, um, the Holy Spirit led Paul to shift his usage of his gifts, right, from persecuting the church, bringing death and destruction, to life, uh, to, to bringing blessing to the church. And this is all through the work of the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit leads you and me, um, and, and this is a process that I think comes through prayer, consideration, discipleship, um, but the Holy Spirit works through you and I as a community, as a body, to cultivate and direct our gifts, right? Um, God is, uh, our, our spiritual gifts and the application of those really point us back to God. God's a great teacher. He, he's a leader. He's a guide. He's a counselor. Uh, he helps us cultivate our gifts in a way that are blessing to um, the church to, uh, for the common good um, and also in a way that glorifies God. Um, so how beautiful is that? Let, let, let's, let's actually go back to the list of, of spiritual gifts. Um, and this is another important thing too. Uh, you, you can you can go through this list. You can find it online. It's I mean, if you search spiritual, spiritual gifts, you'll you'll find um, a list. 
but the reason I wanted to go back to this is um, all of our gifts, every single one of them, all of our spiritual gifts are some reflection of, of that gift perfectly lived out and embodied by God, right? So let's just talk about the first one, administration. Um, God's the perfect administrator. Um, he set the bar. He, he leads. He, he guides um, by example. And, and I mean, if you think about administration and, um, and what that is, like God is, is overseeing all of creation, all of creation, right? He's the administrator over all of creation. Um, and, and so your gifting, um, you know, as it applies to this list or as, as, you, as you identify that as God leads you, um, let that draw you back to like, whoa, God, this is an aspect of who you are. Like I'm finding a reflection of you and me and, and also that God is the one who is going to allow you through his Holy Spirit to really bring that gift to fruition in a way that reflects the true gifts um, that is, is God, um, that is his character, his, his skill, his ability. Um, uh, so so that, that's just a bit about how spiritual gifts really help us see God's character, right? And that should be worshipful for us, right? Uh, I hope it is. Um, and, and so for you, I just encourage you to take some time to think about like, like okay, God, like what, what are my giftings? Um, but also, how, how, does this, how, how do I link this up with, with your character? Um, yeah, so, uh, so with that, um, I, I, I want to shift to looking at how spiritual gifts reflect um, God's family, God's church. Um, so let's, let's actually go to the next slide. Um, so this is just moving on in uh, 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, oop, and I need to read it off of... There we go. All right. Um, so, uh, so starting in verse 12. He says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves are free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Um, so, so I want to talk about a, a few things in terms of how spiritual gifts help us understand God's family. So let's actually cruise to the next slide. Um, so the first one is that, like, we, if you, if you call yourself a Christian, um, if Jesus is, is your Lord and Savior, you are part of a body, right? You're part of a group. And it's cool that, uh, that Paul uses, the, I mean, he could, have, he could have used a whole bunch of things, but he chose to use the body. And I think it's such a cool illustration for talking about how our spiritual gifts relate to each other and what the purpose is, right? And, and really, the picture is that we all function and are intended to function together. Uh, and not just here in this building, but like, you know, locally, nationally, internationally, like the global body of Christ is one body, right? Um, and, and, and what I think is, is really uh, important to think about is um, we can, I think there's, there, there's a big tendency for us to practice and live out our faith by ourselves or with a community that we feel comfortable about, right? Um, and, and, and really what I think it does if, is if we start moving away from, from the unity that the gospel calls us to, is we really inhibit God's body working as it's supposed to, right? Um, gosh, I, uh, <laughs> I, was, I was playing soccer uh, a couple weeks ago, and a, a buddy and I collided, and I got this 
cut. It's right in my eyebrow. It was probably the best place to get a cut, right? Because you can't see it. Um, and and the whole week, I was just, you know, like, our buddy, it was crazy. Our buddy, Roman, um, plays out there. He's a plastic surgeon. Stitched us up right on the spot. It was, like, the most amazing thing. It was, like, thousands of dollars probably saved in medical bills. So that in itself is a blessing. Um, but, uh, but, but, but here's the thing. It's, like, like Having having a cut on your eyebrow, or I mean, if anybody's had any physical ailments, um, I mean, you you know that it, it takes it out of you, right? Um, when your body is not functioning correctly, you can't perform to the best of your ability. It's the same thing. I think Paul's making the same argument for the church: is that um, our giftings, our our what God's invested in you, is not meant to be glory for you or just to be used by you, but it's meant to be practiced and lived out in community, right? In, in, in our church. Um, and it begins here. It begins in your families. It begins in your home groups. It begins in your Bible studies, but it doesn't stop there. It, it, it gets applied to our community, to our workplace. Um, the, the effects of the body of Christ working as a unit is, is something that we haven't fully realized as a church, as a church. Um, but the, 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 the vision that God sets for what that looks like is so beautiful. Um, so, so I think Paul's encouragement, and my encouragement to you and me, is like, let's, let's start thinking as a body. Let's, let's think about our gifts um, and how we can leverage those for the common good. Um, how, how, you know, Paul talks about, like, the, if the body rejoices, we rejoice together. If it's suffering, we suffer together. Um, I'll, I'll tell you guys right now. My, uh, I found out this this past um, this past Friday that uh, my uncle has a brain tumor, um, and and that that hits me right. Um, I I I I feel that and I, I suffer with that. And, and the reason I share that um, is because we need to be doing more of that. We we need to be uh, praying for each other, praying for our families. Um, we need to be uh, um, really in in people's lives with each other so that. Uh, the body is is acting like the body. Also, uh, we need to share evidence of God's grace and things that we rejoice with, um, because that is all that is proof of wow, God's really at work. He's he's living and active right here, um, and and those are just two ways that the body I think functions in unity. Um, so let, let's 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 be that. Let's do that. Um, okay, two things I want to talk about too, because Paul Paul talks about it. Um, as he moves on in Corinthians. Uh, so just this idol of fear, um, an idol of pride, um, possibly a, 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 maybe an a easier way to understand it is um, just how, how we think of our gifts sometimes. So uh, first he says, um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase this for sake of time, um, but, but he's basically saying, you know, like, uh, if, if the foot says, like, oh, gosh, I'm not the head or I'm not the mouth or I'm not the eye, what, you know, I, I, what, what, what good am I? Uh, and Paul says, like, no. Like, if, if you fear in any way, shape, or form that you're not gifted or you're insignificant to the body of Christ or you have no place here, that's completely opposite of the truth. I, I, I believe that is a lie from the enemy, to keep you from being unified and active within the church. Um, and, uh, and, I mean, if, if we look at, uh, if, you, if we backed up to uh, what Paul's saying at the beginning of the chapter, he, he says, that the Spirit is the one who decides what gifts we get, right? God, God knitted us together in our mother's womb in a, in a specific way to f- fulfill a specific purpose uh, to, to do specific things. And, and if we look at ourselves and we're just like, oh, nothing that I have is going to be beneficial, 
No, no, that's completely the opposite of the truth. It's, it's that God has a specific purpose for you to play. So don't, don't let um, this idea of like, I'm not talented, I don't have anything to contribute. If you are part of the body of Christ, you have a role. You have a role. Uh, and God's desire for you is, is to, uh, uh, I think he wants us to find joy in that role, but he wants to, us to practice that. Um, so the, it's like the more people that are, are living out their spiritual gifts, um, if we go back to that definition, that it's, it's the manifestation of God's grace um, through an individual, that just means more and more grace is being manifested. Are you guys seeing that? It's a beautiful picture. Um, okay, the uh, idol of pride. Um, so Paul goes on, so, so he says, like, how can, um, you know, how can the eye say to the foot, like, oh, you're just a foot, like, I don't need you. Um, and, and what Paul's talking about is, is people who are looking at their gifts and saying, like, sweet, like, I'm way better, I'm, like, totally cool, I, I'm way more skilled than these people over here. Like, you know, I, like, I, yeah, I just think of, I don't know, somebody being like, hey, thanks for baking this morning, we really appreciated you, but, uh, yeah. Got the rest covered for truth, or you know something like that. Um, Paul's talking about those who are, are taking uh, pride um, at the expense of others in their gifts, and and I think um, you might not think like oh, like I'm not prideful in my gifts, um, and I think some good questions to ask um, to identify if if that's something that's coming up is are there any situations that you feel like are beneath you. Um, are there any things that you've been asked by someone or seen an opportunity to step into? And you're like, uh, yeah, it's not for me. That's for the people who aren't as skilled or um, are, you know, the, the people who are less experienced than me. Um, it, it, if, if that's you, I think one thing to, to really consider is, are you letting your expectations of how your gifts should be applied uh, direct you away from how God's calling you and inviting you to live out your gifts. Um, as a church, we want to be people who are led by God, um, by, by the Holy Spirit, to live out our gifts. And if we're saying, like, oh, I can't do that, God, like, that's, that's below me, what we're literally saying is, God, I don't agree with how you want to use the gift that you've given me. It just doesn't sound right. It's like, you know, how can the, the pot say to the potter, like, you know, why did you make me this way? It's like, no, like, these are God's gifts that he has full authority to, to direct us with. And, and not only that, but there is infinitely more joy in letting God direct you in your gifts than saying, here's how I'm going to do it to heck with you, God, right? Um, another question you might ask yourself is, uh, are there any situations that you're looking at somebody else with a similar gift and, and you see them living it out and you're just like, man, I could do a way better job than that. Or you're talking, you're overcritical or gossiping about those people. Um, I think I, I don't think it's it's bad for us to realize, like, oh, I I'm, I I could be more equipped than this person to do this job. But especially if that person is you know superior to us, um, if it's a, a friend, um, even if it's not a friend, I think the heart behind that is like, I could do a way better job than this guy. We need you know we need to get that person out. And and I think God wants us to exercise our gifts in humility. Um, and and I think. Uh, even, you know, a, a learning experience in that is um, if, if we do find uh, issue with how somebody else is practicing their gifts, uh, the right way to go about doing that is, is first just repenting of, gosh, like, I've been throwing this person under the bus repeatedly, but also, like, step up and have a conversation with that person. 
And that's super hard. I know that because I've been there repeatedly. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to go talk to this person about the issues that we need to do or you know, talk about. But like doing that brings so much healing. And, and even sometimes that person can recognize that you might be gifted and better suited for that job. Um, so that the idol of pride in our gifts, I think both of those can lead us, um, you know, either fear or pride. Um, sometimes that can lead us to coveting others' gifts. Uh, we, we see our gifts as, as so insignificant, but we see others and we're like, man, I want that. I want that so bad. Um, I, gosh, I'll, 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 I'll talk about this for a sec because I think it's worth talking about. Um, people covet relationships all the time, right? Um, and everyone who's single in the room, do you, do you guys realize like Paul talks about that as a spiritual gift? He talks about it as a spiritual gift. And, and I'm, I'm talking from experience of, of really wanting a relationship and having a heck of a time being single, right? Um, it's hard, right? You, you want to be in a relationship with somebody. But if I look back, honestly, there's, there's things that right now that I don't have the capacity to do because I'm married, right? And, and what Paul's saying is that it's not, it's better if you're single it's, or it's better that you're married. Um, I mean, you just say, I wish that you were always single. We won't go, go into that per se. But, but I think Paul's overarching view is, where does God have you? And, and, and don't let the expectation or the desire of future happenings take away from what God wants to do right now through who you are, the life situations that he has you in, and, and, and the things he's called you to, right? Um, so don't, don't overlook, especially singleness, don't overlook that as like, oh, I'm second class. And I mean, as a church, like, I think we, those of us who are, are married, um, we, you know, we, I think we, I don't want to say just married couples, but I, I think as a church, we, we, we need to, to work on just making sure we validate the relational status of everybody in church, regardless of where they're at, because God has specific intention in one way through relational status, right? Um, okay, so let's, uh, let, let's move on to the last point, just God reflecting his kingdom through spiritual gifts. And this is a verse out of Isaiah 2. Uh, awesome, it's up there. Um, so it says this, it says, uh, It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills, and all the nations shall flow to it. And many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he shall judge between nations, and shall decide disputes for many people, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Uh, so, a lot of so this this I this is one of the most beautiful verses, and I'm getting kind of emotional thinking about it right now. Um, and uh, and the reason for that is. Is, is, so Isaiah isn't talking about something that's happening in his, his specific time, although I think there's some elements that we can, uh, you know, we can relate to what's going on in Israel um, in, in God's people at this moment through this, uh, through, through this scripture. But I think what Isaiah is really talking about is the future of God's kingdom when it comes to fruition in this world. So first off, that... That is a reality for every Christian. That is the hope we have 
um, that God one day will redeem all of creation. Um, and and let, me, let me show you how spiritual gifts really point us towards, towards, towards God's kingdom and, and, and understanding it. And, and what, so back, back to this verse, one thing I love is, um, I mean, if you think about, uh, when's the last time you guys saw some, a blacksmith working? Like, yeah, yeah, we got what over here, yeah, 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 nice Ed, solid. But that's not, that's not something that we see on a regular basis, right? We, we don't understand the skill that goes into blacksmithing. Um, I don't even know if that's the right word. It probably isn't, but that's okay. Smithing, that might be it. Um, but, but the point is, is like, I mean, think about, and think about making weapons and stuff. Like, there's a lot of skill that goes into, you know, smithing. But also, if you're creating weapons, like, you want to create a good piece of material, Right? You don't want your buddy is like, hey, dude, I made you this spear, and he's just like, sweet, in battle, it breaks. What? Like, like that, that would, that, you want to put craft into those, those items because people's lives are online, right? So there's skill that goes into the craft, and then there's also skill that goes into uh, the, the application of it. Like, you know, I don't know, I don't know how to wield a sword. I didn't do fencing or anything like that. But like, if you're in battle, you train so that you live, right? Like, you train hard so that you know how to, how to work a sword, how to work a spear. And the picture that Isaiah paints here is that the people that trained so hard to, to create this piece of material, this sword or this spear, that, that trained to wield this sword or this spear in battle, uh, their lives depended on it. Now, they're taking these items and they're redirecting all those skills and abilities and talents into, what do we have pruning hooks, um, plowshares. And I think the illustration here is is cultivation, is flourishing, is is food, is uh, is joy, is abundance, right? All these things are being leveraged for, in this context, um, and this is is what God is pointing us towards, is that his kingdom is one that all our gifts, everything that we have, all our abilities, talents, possessions, are leveraged for the common good and, and for God's glory, right? Jesus says, what are the two greatest commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Spiritual gifts are leading us right back into the two greatest commandments, which, you know, and not exact, not in, in a whole, but, but those are the two, like, main, you know, characteristics, pillars of God's kingdom, right? Um, and, and, and that's what it is. It's, it's a kingdom where everyone is using what they have uh, for the common good and to glorify the Lord by the power of the Holy Spirit um, uh, because of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Um, so I, I'm going to invite the, the worship team to come up right now. Um, and, and we'll just finish, we'll finish with this. Um, if, if you look at your life, we've all used our gifts in some way or shape or form to bring about destruction, to bring about disintegration, to bring about uh, hurt, um, either actively or passively. Um, no one can escape that. No one can escape that. Um, and, and granted, you, you may have used your giftings um, well at times, but we've all been part of contributing collectively to, to a world that is broken. And, 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 and that really points us to we, we need somebody to redeem our gifts. We need somebody to, to bring us from using our gifts to glorify ourselves um, and, and bring death and destruction 
um, like Saul did, we need to be knocked off our horse, um, saved by, by our loving Savior, Jesus Christ, and invested with the Holy Spirit so that we can start being a part of that future kingdom. And I'll tell you, I, I, want, I want that. I want that for, for our world. If you, guys, if you guys look out, like, I, I, I hope you want that too. I pray you want that too. And, and, and so, gosh, like, I don't want to get, you know, overly pumped up, but I, I got I to gotta express, like, my desire for you guys to get this is that I, I want you, I, and I hope you want to, to use your gifts for God's glory, um, not, not just for, for your own worship, but because you know you're contributing to the fruition of God's kingdom, right? Um, and, and Jesus, uh, who's the one who perfectly used their gifts? It's Jesus Christ. On the cross, he, he took all his gifts. He's the most talented person ever, right? If, we, if, if, if you're a Christian, you believe that G- God became Jesus in the flesh, right? If God became a man, he was the smartest, most talented, most able, um, most faithful person ever. And what did he do? He leveraged all of that, all of that to die on the cross for you guys, for me, right? He used it for the common good and to glorify the Lord. And what was the result of that? The result is that we can be brought back from sin into relationship with our loving Father. That was the result of that. And so if you think about, um, if you're not a Christian, you're just like, I don't, I don't want to have faith in, in Jesus because I feel like that's going to take away from my life. Um, I just want to say that that's a lie. That's an absolute lie. And, and the evidence of that is on the cross. Yes, there will be a death, but it's a death to self. It's a death to saying, I'm going to use my gifts my own way. I'm going to use my gifts to glorify myself. And it's, it's us submitting to God and saying, I, I want you to tell me how to use my gifts. It's us saying, God, I'm sorry that I've used my gifts to bring about things that, that I don't want, that I know you don't want. Uh, help me to use what you've given me, um, my life, my love, my mind, um, for, for your glory. Um, and, uh, yeah, for, for all, all of you who, who love Jesus in the room, um, I just want to say, keep going. Like, like, activating and living out your spiritual gifts isn't here all, necessarily, but it's out there. You're going to go out into, you're going to walk out those doors, and you're going to go somewhere. You're going to go into workspace and to hang out with family, doing something. And, and, and I urge you, I encourage you, like, ah, I just get pumped up. I, I, want, I hope that you uh, actively pursue God. Ask him to help you live out your spiritual gifts. Um, because as we do that as a body, um, not only does God manifest his grace, but that's an evidence um, to the world that we are people who use what we have for God's glory. Um, so we're, we're going to respond. If, if God's done something in your heart today, if he's flipped a switch, if he's, if he's put something in your mind, um, don't, don't let that pass. Um, God speaks. He does. He's doing something. And, and don't brush that away. There's people over by the cross that are going to be available for prayer. Maybe you need to repent from using what God's given you, your gifts, in ways that lead to destruction. Maybe you just need to ask for guidance, for leadership. Um, uh, so they're going to be over there. There's rugs here for if, if you feel God asking you. Worship is a gift that we have to glorify the Lord. There's carpets here if you guys want to come chill out um, and worship here. 
And there's also communion, just recognizing that we wouldn't be able to leverage our gifts for the common good and to glorify God without Jesus, without his death and resurrection. Um, so yeah, let's pray and worship. Uh, God, thank you for being the wonderful and creative and amazing Father that you are. Thank you for being the Savior who used all your gifts, who leveraged everything for out of love for the good of your people and for your world and because you loved the Father. And um, Holy Spirit, we just pray that you would continue to lead us and guide us um, as to what it looks like to live out the gifts and talents that you've given us, Lord.